listening to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Today, we're talking about um, something that's going to stir you up. I've entitled this, It's Time to Laugh at the Devil. It's Time to Laugh at the Devil. A lot of times, I believe that during um, prayer and fasting, people are believing for huge things, obviously. You wouldn't be fasting in prayer if you were you know, praying if you weren't believing for big things, which I am personally. I know my aunt and uncle are. This ministry is believing for huge things, and we will see it. We're, we're seeing it now. Increase is happening. So it's easy for people to, in the middle of going for greater, going for more, pressing in for more, and an attack happens, or the previous facts just come up, and, and try to rear their ugly head, remind you of the facts and remind you of the natural facts, it's very easy for Christians a lot of the times to look at the facts and let it completely steal their faith. But one of the ways that the devil steals your faith is not trying to trick you into believing the opposite of the word of God. One of the ways that the devil sneakily uh, steals your faith is by stealing your joy. Stealing your joy. Did you know it's possible to pray sad and not even, you know, it's possible to pray sad, obviously, but when you pray sad, there's no faith attached to it. When you pray sad, there's no faith attached to it. Faith and sadness and, you know, dreariness and being down, those two things don't go hand in hand. Faith laughs. Faith laughs. How many, I mean, how many of us have heard Christians pray and, you know, they, on paper, they're praying for something that's, you know, miraculous, but you can hear it in the tone of their voice. Father, we just come to you. We're not even worthy to be in your presence, but we believe that you're so great. You created the heavens and the earth. We come to you. And I'm not, and I'm not making fun of crying under the anointing. I... Listen, as much as I'd like to be a laugher, as much as I'd like to be a, a shouter, I am a shouter, I'm a dancer, I, I can run, but most of the times I cry under the anointing. It's just what happens. I can't, I'm sorry, I, I, I'd love to say I don't, but I do. I'm not making fun of that. But there is a religious sadness, as, almost, like, as if we're having Jesus' funeral, and it's depressing. That's why you can, you can listen to, you can be in church and feel like, good Lord, when is this service over? Christians are happy people. That's a very, let's just start off with that. That's our first point. Christians are happy people. Christians are happy people. I'm a happy person. People that know me know that I'm a happy person. I don't like to, uh, you know, I, I'm not real serious I'm not real stern. Things are a joke to me. You, Christians are happy people. people you know, that, that's so rudimentary. I get it. But you have to understand, I, you're a happy person. 
And it really does not matter what's going on. Because even in your flesh right now, your, your flesh has a tendency during a fast, and this is just a physical tendency, with the fact that you're not eating, um, just physiologically, you're not receiving a lot of the nutrients that you'd be receiving if you were eating. Vitamins and stuff like that. So there's a natural tendency to let your mood go down. There's a natural tendency to, like, it's almost like, you know, the, the midday drag. But if you're not careful, you can let that go the whole, you know, day. Because your, your body is, is tired. Your body is, you know what I'm saying? So that's in the natural. You have a tendency to do that. But if you, if you allow your flesh to be like that during this fast, you, you will not receive what you're looking to receive. Faith laughs. Faith laughs. And I'm going to tell you today, as I teach this brief word, and we're going to pray, I'm believing that God is going to anoint you fresh with a spirit of joy. And then this is going to sound like it's juxtaposed, if you will, to what I just said but a spirit of violence, a spirit of joy and a spirit of violence. You say, Alex, those two things sound very opposite of each other. No, they're not. No, they're not. Violence produces joy. Hello from Germany. Um, favorite saying slash questions, Ted Sr. says, are you happy? I like it. See, I like, I like the um, old school preachers who are just happy all the time. They don't, they don't believe in uh, starting church services with the slow pad, slowly strumming an A minor chord. How many know, no matter what you dragged in this week, God will patch you back up. You can tell the difference. There's no faith there. There is no faith there. And even when Christians are praying, you can tell there's no faith there. When, when you're engaging in true faith, What's immediately produced is joy. Ask what you want, that your joy may be full. You see how it works. Prayer produces joy. Prayer and faith produces joy. And really, that's the only type of prayer that we should be engaging with. I want to, I want to show you something that um, I've really been, been seeing lately. It's in John chapter 16. John chapter 16. So glad to see everyone on. Absolutely. I'm fasting with a physical job. I feel weak, but I am not letting it steal my joy. I will continue to be a person pleasant to be around. Hi from Australia. Is that New, England, New Zealand? I can't see. It's so small. Let me know, Danielle. Um, John chapter 16. Prayer plus faith equals joy. It's pretty simple. Prayer plus faith equals joy. John chapter 16, this is Jesus speaking. All right. He says this in verse 16, John 16, 16. A little while and you will see me no longer. And a little, and a little while again and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you'll see me because I'm going to the Father. So they were saying, what does it mean by a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. So Jesus knew what they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you're asking yourselves? What I meant by a little while you will not see me and then a little while you'll see me? Listen to this. I know, I know that was a little bit in the weeds for people who weren't paying attention. Listen to this part. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful. So he's talking about his crucifixion. He's talking about when he's crucified, you'll weep, you'll lament, but the world will be joyful. But listen to this, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice. Listen to this, and no one will take your joy from you. This period in the church age, post-resurrection, post-Pentecost, this is not a time of sorrow and lamenting. This is a time of joy. Why? Just like he said, when a woman is giving birth, she is sorrowful because of the pain that awaits her. But once she gives birth, you know, it's actually kind of interesting. They found out in science, you know, in medical studies, that when a woman gives birth, obviously that's one of the biggest pains, you know, a human being can, uh, can take or we ever experience, right? Women, not we, women. Women experience which are biological women. Oh, we just got taken off YouTube. I'm just kidding. Um, that is one of the greatest pains. But do you know that they found in medical, that's right, Erica. They found in medical studies that when a woman gives birth, it, it's such great pain, but afterwards, there's something that triggers in their mind, and I don't know the, the medical definition of it or the medical word, but there's something that triggers in their minds that actually causes them to forget the pain and for some reason causes them to want to have kids again. Um, Erica Mora just had a beautiful, beautiful boy, Blaze. Tell me if that's right or not. I don't know. Maybe you still remember the pain. I, I don't know. I'm not a woman, so. And I've never, never had a child. So. But that's what I read. There's something that flips. It's like supernatural memory loss. Supernatural memory loss. There's something in a woman's brain that triggers them. Once the baby's been born, now they can't remember the pain. It, your mind just completely forgets it. So in the same way Jesus is saying, when I resurrect, that is when I institute a period, the time, the uh, age of joy. There's no reason to lament. There's no reason to be sorrowful. I'm not saying that sorrowful situations can't come about. Well, what do you mean, Alex? My grandmother died. I understand that things ha have happened that, that may have been sorrowful. But I mean, think about it. Even in death, we are triumphant. What, what is there to be sad about? What is there to be sad about? About anything. I'm, I'm talking about anything. Even death, we have victory over. Even the final enemy, as Paul uh, calls it, we have victory over. I'm not sad, so I'm not sad. I'm not having seasonal depression because the clouds are out today. I mean, think about it. We've conquered death, and there's Christians that allow themselves to be conquered by seasonal uh, depression disorder or whatever. Well, you know, I didn't, the clouds were out, and it kind of caused, blocked the sun, and you know, I, I don't do well on drippy days. And... What's gonna happen when it's not drippy days and it's persecution? But even in persecution, James says, count it all joy. What, I mean, what is it? What is there to be sad about? We have won. That's right. 
There was pain and tears, etc. But the minute I saw Blaze's face, all of the pain was gone. And all that mattered with him. That's right. And that's the point that Jesus is making. And so he says then, in that day, you'll ask nothing of me. Truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. He said, until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So that's the joy aspect. We are happy people. Happiness. It's a novel concept. A Christian is a happy person. I'm happy. I'm not sad. But then I also mentioned another aspect. Violence. Violence. So you say, oh, Alex, those two things are completely opposite. No, they're not. Violence brings about joy, and I'll show you. Um, raise your hand in the comments if you've ever heard or you know of this man of God, or you've ever heard my uncle. He talks about him a lot. He's a great man of God that we look up to. Bishop David Oyedepo. He's got the largest church facility in the entire world. He's a nation shaker. He's one of the, and my, my uncle mentioned it on the broadcast this morning. He mentioned Bishop David Oyedepo. He's a great man of God. He tells this story. Um, he preaches this message called Violent Faith for Supernatural Turnarounds. It's one of the best messages I've ever heard. Um, Violent Faith for Supernatural Turnaround. He tells a story of when his first son was supposed to be born. His first son. He comes back from a missions trip. Mind you, during this whole missions trip, his wife is... Um, is pregnant with his first son, and she's pregnant, and it's going well, but as he's on this missions trip, you know, this was back in the 70s, and they didn't have cell phones, right? So she went to the doctor's office, and the doctor told her during, you know, the time that Bishop David Oedepo was away, he was not there with the, the mother of the child, the doctor found out that the baby had died. It was a miscarriage. Confirmed one doctor, confirmed another doctor. Confirmed miscarriage. That was the fact. That was the cold, hard fact. The baby had died within her womb. Now, when she came home, she was sad, she was depressed. Bishop David Oyedepo, not knowing any of this happened, comes in the door, came home. He's, uh, he's about to go uh, take a shower, or he said he was going to go to the bathroom to brush his teeth or whatever. And as he walks in, his wife says, David, I had a miscarriage. And he recounts the story, and he says, just, you know, without thinking, he says this, it cannot happen, now make me dinner. Man, if that doesn't get you excited, it cannot happen, make me dinner. You realize, like, if you operate at that level of faith, there's nothing in the facts that phase you. It cannot happen. Now make me dinner. There's an element of faith that once you say something, you don't dwell on it. Once you declare something, you don't worry about it. He said it cannot happen. He's moved on. He's thinking about more important things. Dinner. That's a man who knows dominion over the devil. Why did he say it cannot happen? Because he's read the word of God and understands what his rights are. Dead, you know, tragedy is not in the, in the word of God as my portion. It's not going to happen for you. It cannot happen. It's almost like, you know, I went to a nameless uh, Bible organization when, when I was in high school. I dueled. So I, I did sophomore year of high school, but also at nighttime, 
I went to Bible school. Um, disregard those air quotes. Anyways, I went to, to, to this, this school of the Bible attached to a church. And so um, in the class uh, that I was taking, I forgot if it was, um, oh, this was like, this was like their class that, uh, it was like you had your normal class, you had Old Testament survey, New Testament survey, you had hermeneutics, you had homiletics, you know, all the Bible college classes. But then also um, you had this class that they uh, basically had for the students to come together and talk about, you know, I guess to be encouraged by the, the teacher or whatever, the professor, and to really just have like an open talk. Uh, and so, you know, it was in many of these classes that I realized what, where the, the mind was for the average Christian. This was, mind you, this was a, on paper, a Pentecostal organization, a charismatic organization. Not, not a Methodist. They weren't Reformed. They weren't Baptists. They believed miracles, so they said. They believed the word of faith, so they said. All right? So, um, every time, you know, we'd go around the circle, and I always hate this. This is why I promise you, at uh, Last Gen Youth, if you're watching, and you're going to be part of Last Gen Youth in person, we will not go around the circle and do what's called nopes and dopes, which is basically... Uh, nopes mean like what's the worst thing that happened in the week and dopes what was the best thing that happened in the week I am not tolerating that garbage we won't do that only dopes and prayer requests um, but they would always go around how are you doing and one by one and I was the youngest person in this class because it was night school it was a lot of people that were like 30 there were people that were 40, 50. There was a 65-year-old woman in my class. I, you know, there was, a, there was a teacher from the middle school that I went to that taught all my friends English that I went to Bible school with. Um, and so that was weird. But all these people who were mature Christians, so, you know, so I thought. And so they're going around, hey, how are you, brother? How's everything going? And I could not believe their answers. Like, yeah, school, it was, it was rigorous, sure. There was a lot of work, but they would be like, um, they'd be like, how you doing, man? He'd be like, well, just, just to be honest with you, y'all pray for me. Um, I'm not doing so hot. Um, prayers would be, would be appreciated, you know? And then they start running through, you know, my personal problems and this and that. And this person said this to me and due dates are coming up. And I just, you know, just pray for me. But I'm believing that God's going to get me through it. Next person. They had another sad story. Well, pray for me. Um, my mom just called me and told me the diagnosis for my grandmother. And really, she, you know, she was just a, such a strong woman of faith. I can't understand, and I don't understand why all this. So just basically down the line, just complaining, complaining, complaining. Just talking about all the things that are going wrong, negative confession. It came to me, and this happened multiple times, but one, one time I really remember. Um, <laughs> one time, so like they got done with all their sad stories. They really, and, and they really were bad things. I'm not making light of that, but they came to me, Alex, how are you doing? You know, how's everything going? How's class going? And I literally just said, I'm doing amazing. I'm doing great. Everything's great in my life. Um, I've got no issues, no problems, no prayer requests. I'm just great. Everything's amazing. You know, with a smile on my face. Cause what, not because I was just trying to act good through the pain. I really was. I was, I was 16 years old. You know, I didn't have any bills due. I didn't have any, uh, bosses hounding me about deadlines, which neither do I now, by the way. I have the best bosses in the world. And 
if you can see from my mug. I am the best cousin. This says, I never asked to be the world's best cousin, but here I am absolutely crushing it. Got this from my cousin, obviously. Shout out to Maddie, who's going to be turning 13 soon. She's going to be a teenager. So I told, I told them, everything is great. I'm doing amazing. School's great. And I just started going down the line because I really was doing great. What, did you want me to lie? No, actually, things are, things are challenging. You know, many are the afflictions of the righteous. What, do you want me to put on a fake facade of, of sadness to appease your religious spirit that nobody can be happy? So I told him that. And you think, you would think that all the adults would be like, that, that's amazing, Alex. You know, my professor, you'd think my professor would say, that's amazing, Alex, I'm so glad. Guess what I got greeted with or met with? Well, you're 16. I remember when I was 16 and everything was going good. But you're going to learn when you grow up that there's real challenges in the world. And then another, and then another uh, uh, student chimed in. Yeah, that's because you're young. And I looked at the student. He's 35. He's like, bro, okay, like what, you're, you're, what are your knees going bad? You need like knee replacement? What, what is so terrible in your life right now? And the truth is things aren't that terrible. People have this mentality. And uh, granted, there are awful situations. But even through awful, you'll see in the scripture that we're about to read, even through awful, we prevail. <laughs> um. See, look, Maddie is literally amazing. She has more maturity than most teenagers around. I agree. It is crazy. It is actually wild. She's like my age in maturity. Um, and so I just told her, everything's great. Oh, that's because you're young. I thought, what? What does that have to do with it? What does that, seriously, you guys have been Christians longer than me, yes? Yeah. What, so what does that have to do with it? You know why I'm happy? Because the Bible says I'm a happy person. I believe what the Bible says. I want you to put that in the comments as your confession. I am a happy person. I am a happy person. And we're going to pray that a new in, um, endowment of power and, and a spirit of joy, which is the Holy Spirit, will come upon you fresh tonight. And I believe it will. There's a, there's a verse of scripture in Psalm chapter, or there's no chapters in Psalms. I get it. I hear, I hear voices in my head. There's no chapters in Psalms. The fourth Psalm, there is more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. He's talking about the heathen. Let's read it. I hope I got it right. Psalm 4. Yeah. You have put more joy. This is David. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. Young people, listen to me. I want you to thank God. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when they're at parties and drinking and sleeping around and doing drugs. You've put more joy in my heart than they have when they cheat to get their positions at work, when they violate the, their bodies. You have put more joy in my heart than they could ever have trying their whole life to get it. Praise God. Hallelujah. So happiness. That's your confession. I'm a happy person. And so there's a level of faith that... And I want to say this carefully. We don't, we don't look at facts, the natural facts of this world, and say that they're not true. During 2020, I never heard my uncle say COVID isn't real. I never, never heard Evangelist Ted or Carolyn say COVID isn't real. These deaths aren't real. Yes, it's real. Yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Even though it's real, there's a faith that 
discounts or has no respect for the devil. And there's a point that you can get to, even at the point, at the worst point, even when your wife comes in and says, we've had a miscarriage, you, you just laugh to yourself. It cannot happen. Make me dinner. There's a story of Smith Wigglesworth. He's up in his uh, flat in England, uh, Bradford, England. That's right, Bradford, England. He's up in his flat, and he hears sounds um, downstairs, and he hears noises, and so he, he wakes up out of his sleep. And this is a man, by the way, who got up every single morning, and for 10 straight minutes, at 85 years old, he would get up and he'd dance before the Lord with no music, no music playing. Just start dancing. Just start dancing. No music playing. No, uh, no uh, chorus. Just joy of the Lord. Hit his body. And he just started to praise the Lord. This is a happy man. And so he understood authority. And so what did he do? He, he heard the sound. He, he started, what, what's going on? He goes downstairs. And as he's rounding the corner, he hears sounds. And he's just checking up to see what it is. And then he looks around the corner. And in his living room, in his armchair, sits the devil himself sitting there like this, all smug in the chair. He literally saw the devil. And his reaction is so funny to me. It's hilarious. He peeks around the corner, sees the devil. He goes, oh, it's just you. Flips off the lights, goes back upstairs. There's a disrespect for the devil when it comes to faith. I have no respect for the devil. When if things look contrary to the word of God, you know what I say? It cannot happen. You know, there's a faith that starts laughing. That's the laugh of faith. My uncle Evangelist Ted has taught it a lot of times, the laugh of faith, the laugh of faith. It's almost like, you know, when, well, I I wouldn't say this now. My little cousin, uh, Teddy, he's a, as as the old timers would say, he's a real pistol. Uh, I would never say that because I'm 18. Um, He's a real son of a gun. Um, and uh, he, he's a fighter, for sure. He can, take, he can do some damage. And so I'm not saying that he can't defeat me, but because I've never, I've never put my full, you know, I'd let him win, okay? I'd let him win. But he can really do some damage. But when he was younger, you know, he started developing, you know, he'd learned to, uh, to, to talk smack to me. And so I was like, okay, you know, he, you know he's just joking around. And he'd start throwing all these, you know, these stringed words that, like, don't make sense. But you could tell it's an insult. You know, better yet, my, my, uh, my little brother, Chris, he's adopted from China. And so he was adopted. So we, just a little backstory. We will pray, by the way. We're, we'll get into this. But this is, a, this is funny to me. Um, when he was adopted, so he was born in the southern part of China. And if you, if you know China, China... Um, speaks mainly two languages. There's Mandarin in the northern part, and then there's Cantonese in the southern part. Two separate, completely, completely separate languages. Um, and so he was born in the southern part, moved to the northern part, and then brought back to the southern part all within the first five years of his life. And so obviously we adopted him. You know, he's from China. He's not my biological brother, um, my brother, my little brother Chris. And so, you know, when he came over, he was confused because he had some Mandarin, he had some Cantonese, and he had some English, you know, and so he, he didn't really understand, um, uh, you, know, it, you know, social situations, and English was a little bit hard for him at the beginning. He's still trying. He's still working on it, and so a lot of times, if he's angry at me, 
he'll look at me and he'll string together the most nonsensical words. He'll, you know, his favorite thing is to, to like throw three adjectives together and say you chicken. But like he'd also say like turkey. Like he, he just picks any sort of poultry or bird and throws it at you. Cause he, and then he laughs. He thinks that's hilarious. He's one up to you. Um, but never once when he's thrown like you stupid silly head chicken, you know, just an example, and then he's laughs and everything. When, whenever he throws that insult at me, I don't get up and like go, how dare you? You come here right now, I'll beat you up. I never get angry. And you know, when it, whenever he says, Alex, I beat you up. I beat you up, Alex, you know, in his broken English. I beat you up, Alex. I don't look at him and be like, oh yeah, bring it, come here. I bet you can't. I don't get sad, I don't get threatened. Why? I laugh at him. Why? Because he's 10 and his arms are like this wide around. It's true. He's a cute kid. But I, I don't get, uh, I don't get uh, offended. I don't get sad. I don't get, how am I going to do? He's 10. Same thing with my baby cousin, except Teddy can fight. So I don't get depressed. So what is it? So when the devil tries to uh, intimidate you, throw insults at you, say everything's going to end, say your financial future's over, say you're in massive debt, say the, the medical reports don't look uh, good, say, say the doctors have done everything they can. What's the response? Just laugh. Why? Because I'm at a different level. I'm not eye to eye with the devil. The devil and I aren't on the same level. The Bible says I've been raised up, seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and rulers and dominions. Not only in this world, in that which is to come. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah that we will look at the devil one day and we'll say, is this the one that did weaken the nations? Is this the one that made the nation sick? Is this the one? Why? Because he's going to look so weak. He's not on your level. He's not on my level. He's not on Jesus' level. So when the devil throws out threats, I don't get sad. I laugh. You should start to laugh in the face of the enemy. We'll read this uh, this passage of scripture, and then we'll we'll start praying. First Kings chapter or Second Kings chapter four. Turn with me. Second Kings chapter four. It's time to start mocking the devil. Time to start mocking the devil, just like Elijah with the prophets of Baal. You know they're trying all their stuff. They're trying. They're cutting themselves. Elijah is one bad dude. He's just sitting there laughing to himself because he knows they can't do anything. They're trying their, their incantations. They're crying out to their God for hours and hours, and he's making fun of them. He goes, maybe your God can't hear you. Maybe he's taking a leak. That's what he said. Maybe he's going to the bathroom. Maybe that's why he can't, uh, why he can't hear you. Straight up mocking them. There's a time to mock. There's a time to mock. So when you heard faith-filled people mock the plans of this antichrist agenda, people say, you, you, you shouldn't say that. You should be praying for their salvation. Listen, I pray that they get saved, but right now they're aligned against the kingdom of heaven, and anything aligned against the kingdom of heaven has aligned itself with the kingdom of hell, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Every tongue that rises up against us we shall condemn. The Bible says, thou shalt condemn. You, I. Not praying to God, God, could you just spine it? No, you speak to the mountain. Jesus didn't say, pray to me and ask me to say to the mountain. Faith mocks the enemy. 
Faith mocks the attack. Second Kings chapter four. Second Kings chapter four. And we'll start in verse 18. When the child had grown, he went out one day to his father among the reapers. And he said to his father, oh, my head, my head. The father said to his servant, carry him to his mother. And when he had lifted him and brought him to his mother, the child sat on her lap until noon. Then he died. So understand this. The widow or the, the, the Shunammite woman, rather, her son had died. This was a miracle child, by the way. So even the things that God has given you, and it looks like the devil has relapsed, the cancer relapsed. Don't think that that's completely gone. Anything the devil has stolen from you, God can restore. This was a miracle child. God said, you will have a son. And this, what happened here, is contrary to what God said. And he died. And she went up, the mother, and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and shut the door behind him, and went out. Then... She called to her husband and said, send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I might quickly go to the man of God and come back again. And he said, will you go with him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. She said, listen to this, all is well. Can you have that confession today? Even if you're, you're pressing in for things that you can't see in the natural, you're pressing in for open doors that, that look wide, you know, very shut. You're pressing in for healing that looks very contrary in the natural. Can you still say all is well? Because once you start getting out of that confession and start stating the facts that you see, start stating the facts of this world, that's when you start to sink. That's when the joy leaves you. That's when you start getting that voice. Oh, I'm just getting by. No, faith is joyful. Faith is violent. Put that in the comments. All is well. And what does she do? She says, she says, all is well. Then she saddled the donkey and she said to her servant, urge the animal on. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, his servant, look, there's the Shunammite. Run at once to meet her and say with her, is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? And she answered, all is well. There it is again. And when she came to the mountain, to the man of God, she caught hold of his feet. And Gehazi come to, came to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone, for she is in bitter distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. And then she said, Did I not ask my Lord for a son? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? He said to Gehazi, Tie up your, your garment and take my staff into your hand and go. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. If, you, if anyone greets you, do not reply. And lay my staff on the face of the child. Then the mother of the child says, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the face of the child. But there was no sound or sign of life. Therefore he returned to meet him and told, told him, The child has not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, he saw the child laying dead on his bed. So he went in and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he went up and lay the child, lay on the child, putting his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself out upon the flesh of the child, and it became warm. Then he got up again, walked around once back and forth the house, and went up and stretched himself upon him. Then the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. 
Then he summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. So he called her. And when she came to him, he said, pick up your son. She came and fell at his feet, bowing to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. Notice that when Gehazi asked her first, what was her confession? All is well. Here's a little tip right here, and then we'll pray. Even when people, you know, you don't tell everything to everyone. If there is really something that, you know, is, you know, it's an attack of the enemy. Don't be silent about it as in like, don't try to keep it a secret, not ask for prayer. You can ask for men of God to pray for you. But understand, you ask people that have faith. Don't go around telling everybody. She only told the woman of God or, or the man of God. She only told the man of God. There's things that I don't tell everybody. I tell people that have faith. So, so don't go around, because you know what will happen? People without faith. Are you really believing for that? Or they'll start, they'll start to pity you. And that's, that's a faith killer, pity. Oh, they're there. Come here. It's okay. No, this is not time for sadness. This is time for you to get a violent faith and say, it cannot happen. Make me dinner. It cannot happen. So we'll pray. It doesn't matter what you have been faced with. There's a violent faith that knows your position in Christ that starts laughing, that starts filling you with a supernatural joy and peace, knowing all will be well. All is well. All will be well. So if you have to, like I've said before, on this final night of uh, let's pray, on this final night, I want you, we're actually going to pray. This isn't watch Alex pray. This isn't entertainment for you. This is let us pray. Apostrophe S, us. We're going to pray together. If you have to, go to your room. If you have to, go into your car. Lock yourself away. Make this 30 minutes or so the most dedicated time that you possibly can. I've done my best to build you up in faith, but now there's a time where you actually speak to the mountain. We're going to speak to the mountain. We're going to ask God, number one, to fill us with a fresh joy, but then we're going to take, we're going to take the authority that Jesus gave us said that we can trample on serpents and scorpions, and we're going to tell the devil to get the heck out of our lives, families, situations in Jesus' name. You have that authority. You have that authority. So let's pray. Let's start with praise. Let's start with thanksgiving. And I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray with me. I'm going to put on some music here. I like it. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for these 21 days that you've promised us, if we seek you, you'll answer. Anyone who asks receives, anyone who seeks finds, anyone that knocks the door will be opened unto him. So Lord, as we press in, as all of your faithful people that are watching, press in, they push away the plate, they do the opposite of the American Christian, and they actually press in your presence. You gave us a promise, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done that your joy may be filled. Father, we praise you today. We thank you that you and you alone have the power to reverse impossible situations. Father, I thank you that you and you alone are the one that can bring the breakthrough. Promotion doesn't come for the north or the south, the east or the west, but promotion comes from you. And we thank you today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for this book of covenant, this book of instruction. Thank you that as we press in, we're being spiritually fed tonight. In Jesus' name. 
Now I want you to pray in the Spirit, pray in tongues. Young people, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to believe right now that, that God's going to meet you where you are. You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in, in other tongues. But until, until you feel that, I want you to just start opening your mouth. Start telling the Lord how much you love Him. Say, Father, I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I worship you. Holy Spirit, I worship you. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for delivering me. Start thanking him for things he's already done. Thank you for giving me a, you know, not me personally, but thank you for, for giving us a son, a daughter, whatever he's done for you this past year. Thank him for it. Thank him for it. Thank you for all you've blessed me with. Thank you for all the position you've put me in. Thank you for the favor you've put on my life. Thank you for always being faithful. Thank you for always uh, backing up your word. Thank you for being reputable. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the financial blessing. Thank you for a healed body, for a whole mind. Thank you. In Jesus' name, start praying in the Spirit. And start worshiping the Lord. That's right. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lord. You deserve it all. You deserve it all. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. The book of Jude says, praying in the Holy Ghost, building up your most holy faith. You're building up your faith. You're praying in an unknown tongue. It means nothing to your mind, but God hears it. You're speaking directly to God. I want you right now to lift your hands and worship God. When we praise Him, we, His presence saturates where you are. He, it lives, he, he dwells in the praises of His people. Thank you, Father. We praise you because you're good. What you do is good. What you do is mighty. There's no one like you. There's no one beside you. You alone are worthy of all the praise. You alone are my God. I consecrate my life to you new and afresh tonight. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. You're majestic. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You're mighty to save. You're powerful. There's nothing that you can't do. Thank you for always fulfilling your word. In Jesus' name, I worship you. I praise you. Press in, press in. Hold 
Thank you for joy that overwhelms. Thank you that you've put more joy in my heart than all the heathen do when their grain and when their wine abound. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you that you didn't want to leave us powerless, but you gave us the power of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, bandizde. Ha, riamo. Thank you for the anointing of gladness. Hey, riamo rebej diam parrekestete. Ho, badiaste le mendeke. Hendia, rodia, robagi, rindia. Lord, help us to see you more clearly during these 21 days. Let us have encounters like we've never had before. Let us be like Jacob, who said, we will not let you go until you bless us. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Let us have destiny-changing encounters. Destiny-changing encounters. I feel that right now. Destiny-changing encounters. You know, your destiny is not going to be changed eating a double cheeseburger. Your destiny is not going to be changed in the Taco Bell drive-thru. Your destiny, it's moments like these. It's moments like these. I can't stress this enough. Where would I be? I'm telling you right now, from me, where would I be without moments like this? I wouldn't be, there is, there, I'm telling you, and I'm not saying this out of this, you know, the religious mindset, I'm nothing, but without, without Jesus, there's nothing special about me. Without the Holy Spirit, I'm just a natural man. But with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. With God, I'm anointed. By the power of the anointing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hindi amo roba Hindi hore. Imagine where all the great men of God would be if they didn't have times of prayer and fasting like this. These are times. Where would A.A. Allen be if he didn't have he didn't seek like I talked about two nights ago? where he didn't put food aside, he didn't lock himself in a closet and seek God for the answer. Where would he be? Where would his generation be? You know, this isn't just for you. You're actually praying and fasting to make an impact, not on your own life only, but on your generation. I think about all the times. Where would, I mean, where would I be? Where would all the people be that, that God has used me to impact? Where would all the people be that God has used you to impact if you didn't have times of consecration? where you said, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I think back and even in the small, you know, things that I have accomplished uh, with God. You know, where would, the, where would all those kids in Virginia Beach be if, if, I, if I didn't have, you know, prayer and fasting, believe in God to, to have miracles in our service? Where would Chloe be, as I mentioned on the first broadcast, without, you know, us praying, us actually believing God for miracles? These are moments that change your destiny, change the course of your life. You get instruction, you get empowerment, you get impartation, you get revelation. So now let's pray. Let's, let's make our requests known. Let's make our requests known to the Lord. I've set, set aside tonight, we're getting a, a fresh feeling of joy in the Holy Spirit. 
a fresh filling of joy in the Holy Spirit, and a fresh boldness to believe God with a violent faith, a violent faith that produces joy. Father, you said in your word that the Holy Spirit is the oil of gladness and the spirit of boldness. Father, right now, just like you refilled the disciples in Acts chapter 4, we're asking you that you refill us tonight with a spirit of gladness, a spirit of joy, a spirit of joy that will never go away, that the world can never take from us. In Jesus' name, we thank you that we pray in faith because we have confidence in you, that your integrity is intact. We thank you in Jesus' name. I command every person under the sound of my voice that desires it, that wants it, to have a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit now in the name of Jesus. Those who have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I pray now, in Jesus' name, be filled with the Holy Spirit and fire, with the evidence of speaking in new tongues, in Jesus' name. It's not cerebral. You won't catch it with your mind. It's your spirit being empowered. It's the Holy Spirit filling you to overflow with the power, the dunamis power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, be filled for those who walk in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I command you to be filled fresh tonight in Jesus' name that overflows in joy in your life, overflows in peace in your life in Jesus' name. Why so downcast? Don't look sad. Things are getting brighter. Things are getting better. Things are getting brighter. Things are getting better. Don't look sad. Don't look sad. 2023, things are getting brighter. Things are getting better. You will have transformation in Jesus' mighty name. Don't put on a sad face. Things are getting brighter things are getting better. It'll all be all right in Jesus' name. Now those things that do, contra uh, do contradict the word of God in your life, that we don't deny are real. We're not denying that cancer isn't real. We're not denying that these things, that, that, um, that family members aren't serving the Lord right now, and they should be. I'm not denying that. Those things are real. But it's not, it's not dwelling on the realities of this natural world that will break them through. What's that going to do anyways? We're going to pray in faith. And faith produces joy. Faith produces joy. Father, you said, ask what you will, that your joy may be full. Right now, in Jesus' name, any hindrance, any mountain, we command it right now in Jesus' name, to move, be cast into the sea. And we believe in our hearts and do not doubt. Any sickness, be healed in Jesus' name. Anything that needs to be replaced, be replaced in Jesus' name. Diabetes, I curse you in Jesus' name. Self-harm scars, I curse you. Suicidal thoughts, I curse you. Gender confusion, I curse you in Jesus' name. Go back to hell where you belong. In the name of Jesus, I command unsaved family members to come in. Lord, send people across their path to preach the true gospel to them that have power to break them out. Give us power to break them out in the name of Jesus. And anything that stands in the way, 
any hindrance, any chain, I curse you in the name of Jesus. It cannot happen. It cannot happen. It cannot happen. The devil may threaten you. It cannot happen. I've already read this legal document. You know what it says? It cannot happen. Read Psalm 91. It cannot happen. That's a legal, treat the Bible like a legal document. Like it draws up your property lines. You know what Bishop David Oyedepo said when he read uh, Gloria Copeland's uh, God's Will is Prosperity? He read it, realized what the Word of God says, and he says, I, I can never be poor. I can never be poor. Why? He read his rights. It cannot happen. It will not happen. In Jesus' name. Any mothers who are watching, who are dealing with ch children, that are not serving the Lord, any mothers watching who are dealing with children who are in bondage to suicidal thoughts and depression, I want you to join your faith with mine. Right now, in Jesus' name, I curse that foul spirit in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You cannot plague their mind. You cannot plague their soul. Leave their mind now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. If you have prayer requests, put them in. Put them in. This is a place of high faith. High faith. I'm not going to commiserate with you. We're going to pray in faith. This is not a prayer circle where we all talk about how sucky life is and, you know, we, we go home sad. If you present any prayer request, it's not to make other people feel bad for you. If you ever present a prayer request, you're not one-upping people's sucky lives. You, you, you make your request known because you're, you're believing in faith that it's done. That's what I, I told my youth students when I youth pastored in Virginia Beach. We would take prayer requests if I, if I talked to them. But I'd say, listen, this is not complain to Alex thing. I can't do anything in the natural anyways. Don't complain. Don't talk about how sucky everything is. If you're really believing for something, if you really believe it, you put it out there, it's because we're, we're dealing with that here. Not talking about problems. We're dealing with it. There he said, Sir, either Serge or Serge. He said, I need prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I curse those horrific thoughts in the name of Jesus. Right now, not later, right now, let go of his mind. Father, replace it with peace and joy. Peace and joy. You foul spirit, leave his mind now in the name of Jesus. I think I missed one. Kristan said, that's right, I, be I believe it, Erica. I believe, I believe that as, as you fast and pray with the young people of the church, as you uh, fast with next-gen youth, that that, that that fire will catch on to them. I, I really thank God for, for Erica and Charlie Mora. I'm not kidding. I don't say that as lip service. I really do. They're real people. Not like NPCs, but they're like, they're real. I love them. Praying my entire family gets saved, and not just saved, but serves the Lord. And my father-in-law. Right now, we c call them into the kingdom. 
in the name of Jesus. Send people across their paths right now. Send people across their paths full of the Holy Ghost and fire that aren't ashamed to preach the gospel. Let it be like a chain reaction. As one gets saved, they tell the next. As the next gets saved, they tell the next. We're, we're believing, just as Evangelist Ted has said, that this is a year of total transformation in Jesus' name. Transformation for Erica's family in Jesus' name. Transformation. The family won't look the same in Jesus' name. You've seen her faithfulness, Lord. Bless her. Send people into their paths. Let their hearts be receptive to hear. We curse any hindrance in their mind. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Praise God, I'm not an NPC. Wow, I feel built up. If you feel faith, I want you to put a, a fire emoji, praise hands, whatever, in the comments. I feel faith. I feel faith. I feel faith. We will see it in Jesus' name. Just spilled my water. You know, while we're on the topic of commanding, moving mountains, as Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, understand, too, that, you know, this is something that's not, not talked about a lot in church. But understand, not, not only do you have dominion over devils, but you also have dominion over angels. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, are not angels ministering spirits sent forth on behalf of those who have inherited salvation. Angels work for me. We can't forget that. We can't forget that. If angels work for me, you know, Kenneth Hagin wrote a, a small book entitled, um, How God Taught Me About uh, Financial, I think it's Financial Prosperity. I think it's something like that. How God ta Taught Me About Financial Prosperity. And he made the point that he never... He never prayed for money to come in. He actually did this. He says, he, he sowed seed, obviously. Money is in response to seeds. But he also said, right now, he said, first of all, he commanded, devil, get your hands off my money. Then he said, ministering spirits, angels, go forth and bring in the harvest. Go forth and bring in the harvest. You know, you can send angels with your words. Well, I don't believe that, you know, you can just speak things into existence. You don't, you don't read the Bible. You don't. You don't. What's prayer then? What's speaking to the mountain? You have to rip out that, that part of your Bible, you know. You have to rip out the, the part about angels. I, you actually have some authority. Some real, you're in a good place. Jesus has raised you up. You're his, he's your elder brother. You're a son of God. You actually have a good place and standing in heaven. You command angels. They're sent forth on behalf of those who have inherited salvation. So right now, financial breakthrough is, is something that a lot of people need. Financial breakthrough. Number one, I will tell you, financial breakthrough does not respond just to prayer. You can't just pray for financial breakthrough. Financial breakthrough only comes by a seed only comes by a seed. You can't pray, pray money into your uh, lap if you don't give anything. 
You say, oh, I see that you're leading into an offering. You know what? Yes, I am. I am. I know there's a lot of young people on. And I know that there's a mentality in uh, youth ministry that it's wrong. It's quote unquote wrong to take offerings from young people or receive offerings from young people. I started thinking today, why in the heck is it wrong to receive offerings from young people? People will say that, people will say that who believe in prosperity or believe in giving, that give themselves. Well, you shouldn't take, you shouldn't take money from young people. Why not? Are they less of a child of God? Do they have less rights in the word of God? No. You know, that's, whatever this, this new trend of youth ministry is where we all just dumb everything down, you know, everything's smaller, this isn't really church, this is like a hangout situation where at the end we kind of talk about, hey, have you ever met this, this guy named Jesus? Like that, play games, eat food, and then for like three minutes you have a little talk about Jesus or analogies are terrible and stuff like that. Yeah, way to rob their blessing. That's exactly right, Erica. Way to rob their blessing. Seed when God asks you to sow a seed, it's for you. You think God needs your money? Seriously. He owns the cattle on a thousand hill. He owns all the silver and all the gold. Do you think he needs your money? Like he's wondering how he's going to turn the lights on in heaven? That's not it. And you know why I'm adamant about this? That I'm not going to treat young people like lesser Christians? It's because I realize everything now that I have in my life, talking about where, you know where I've come to, an understanding of the blessing of God has, because, has, has been because uh, I've heard the message of prosperity, heard the message of blessing, that I'm not ashamed that I believe and I'm not, uh, I'm not scared to say the word prosperity. I really am not. It's what the, that's the word the Bible uses. Them that serve the Lord will, will spend their days in prosperity. That's the word prosperity, okay? Abundance, that's another word. But because I latched onto this teaching from my aunt, my uncle Evangelist Ted and Carolyn, I saw supernatural breakthrough, supernatural harvest. You know, the first time, and I always tell this story, it's not the biggest harvest I've ever received, but it is the most, you know, apparent through, you know, that I could tell you in a story. I remember I was sitting um, at a conference that I'm actually wearing the t-shirt. Where is it at? Uproar Conference. I was sitting at Uproar Conference, okay? Um, uh, when was it? It was 2020, I believe. Sitting at Uproar Conference, and it was the last night. They were taking the offering. And so many people, as soon as someone transitions to the offering, they click out of the video. I, you know, I'm, I'm done with this. All right, rob yourself of that if you get offended by offerings. Came time to the offering. I never really understood it fully, but it was 2020. I was sitting there, 16 years old, and they were taking the offering, and he said, now I want you to ask the Lord what he wants you to give. You know, and I think, actually, I think, I believe it was my uncle taking the offering for upright. I believe that that's true. He was, he was saying, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit as, as he does today, because we're spirit led in our giving. But he says, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what would he have you give? He's going to put a fin uh, his finger on an amount and I want you to be obedient. So he said, I want you to pray. So I prayed. I said, Father, I, I, I want to give today. I believe I want to give. And I want you to show me how much that I'm supposed to give. Show, show me a number. Give me a number. And so I pull out my phone. He says, okay, go to give. So I typed out all the information. 
I typed out, because I hadn't gotten the request or the, the, the number from the Holy Spirit. I'm sitting there trying to hear the Lord and I type out all my credit card information, put everything in and there's a wheel, you know, on the website where it gives the amount, right? So it's going to be the amount. It starts at zero and it goes up by, I guess, like 50s or, or like, you know, I, get, I think it was tens. But I, I'm scrolling, right? How much are you going to give by tens? I'm scrolling. And so I scroll to 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. And so I hear the Holy Spirit, keep going. 60, 70, 80, 90. Surely when I get to 100, that's, that's it. All right, Lord, 100. He said, nope, keep scrolling. I said, Lord, you know, this is when I was 16. $100 was like a lot. 16 years old. Now it's kind of laughable. But, you know, $100 was a lot to me because it was in proportion to what I had, like my uncle taught this morning. $100? Oh, boy. 110, 20, 30, 40, 50. Lord, now? No, keep scrolling. 50, uh, 60, 70, 80, 90, 200. 210, I'm sweating now, 220, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 300. He said, give. At 300, I looked at the number. That was a lot of money to me. That was an enamoring amount of money. So he said, oh my Lord. All right, I'll give. So I, I kid you not, this was the end of service. He said, and they closed it out. God bless you as you give. We'll, we'll see you tomorrow morning because that was the, the, ne- the morning service for the church. Up where it ended, we'll see you in the morning for the morning service. You have a blessed night, but God bless you as you give, right? I click give. I was like, man, that was, that was, what did I just do? That was a lot of money. That took faith, $300. And so I was thinking, oh my Lord. And so I, I kind of put my phone away and I'm not joking here. I walk, I was in the front row. I stand up to walk out the side doors to um, meet my family, my aunt and my uncle and my brother. Um, and so I go out the, the, the side doors and right as I open the doors, there's a kid, or he's not a kid, he, he's a young adult who I know now. I didn't know at the time. I had no clue. He wasn't on staff at the church at the time. He was just this, this guy. I had no clue who he was. He said, hey, Alex, because he knew my name through my uncle. And he said, hey, c- can I talk to you for a second? And I said, sure. Am, am I in trouble? He pulled me into a side room that I later learned was not his office at all, but he just borrowed it. So I said, praise God. So I, I'm in that office. And he starts to tell me, he starts to encourage me. And he starts to give me, actually, you know, he starts to talk. And I thought he was just there to encourage me. He actually starts to talk about the things that I was actually, in the back of my mind, worried about. About future. About, you know, what I was going to do after high school. You know, these are the things that I had no clue about. And he's actually encouraging me. He's building my faith. I believe it was a prophetic word for me. And he's saying the same way it happened for me, it's going to happen for you. You know, people won't understand it. But, you know, he's, he's prophesying to me, right? And so at the end... He has his wife, and at the time, his wife walked in. These are young adults. His wife, I learned, they had just gotten married either two weeks or two months before. Either way, they had just gotten married. And so he, he says, Alex, uh, me and my wife feel to give this to you. And they pull out a checkbook, and they write me a check for $900. I had, I've never seen, that is crazy, how quickly that C was multiplied, quickly multiplied. Gave 300, received 900. And I mean, think about the, the, the wildness of it. Now I know who the man was. I had no clue who he was before. And he had just gotten married. You know, like that's, you know, that's crazy to just give $900 to a 16 year old kid when you just got married. So I was like, good Lord, this giving thing really works, huh? Next night or, or next morning, Sunday morning, message was powerful, my uncle preached. At the end, the offering was taken. 
I said, you know what, Lord, I want, I want to give again. You know, I was like, this thing works, man. And so I didn't really have any money. Uh, you know, I didn't set aside money to sow or whatever. I'm just going by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so I asked him again. I said, Lord, what would you have me give this time? This time I'm a little more, you know, I'm ready to give this time because I saw how it worked. And so he said, you know, he just quickly, $100. And so I said, all right, you know, I could do, I could do $100. Still a lot of money for me. That's still a lot of money. And so I give $100. I kid you not. Press give. Service ends. Man that I had no clue who he was walks across the auditorium. Now he's a great friend, Mr. Zachary Ramsey, who is my coworker now. Which, I mean, think about this. This is crazy. Who is now my coworker. Um, he works for the ministry. He does all the video and uh, all the video content and everything you see. That's him. I had no clue who this dude was. He walks across the room, or uh, the, uh, the uh, sanctuary. He starts taking off his watch. And, you know, I'm not looking at him, but I realize out of the corner of my eye, there's a guy approaching me. He starts walking past me. He quickly takes off his watch, grabs some things out of his pocket, slaps it on my chest right here, and I kind of catch it right here. I look down. It's the newest, at this time, the newest Apple Watch that, that had been released, plus three bands. One of them was a Louis Vuitton band. I don't know if he remembers that. But think about that. So how dare I keep this a secret when, when God has a plan to bless his people? And I don't care what age you are. What if, think about this, dream with me for a little bit. What if, as a young person, the financial miracles that came through your life were so astounding that adults had to take notice and say, maybe this giving thing works. Maybe this tithing and giving thing works. What if you were the example? And when we give, we give because we love God, but we also give in expectation. I'm going to read this scripture and then we'll give. I'm going to put this up. Man, it's small. I'm going to read this scripture. So it's 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 8. We'll start in chapter 9. It's a little bit embarrassing, y'all. See, I love it. See, not, not one person leaves for the offering. That's how you mark mature Christians. Second, second Corinthians. Wow, I'm really having a hard time, guys. Pray for me, guys. It's really hard to find this Bible verse and everything. And I know I'm over on time. I'll get out of the studio, I promise. Second Corinthians 9, 6. This is the point. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. That's right. Addition to the story. Let, hold on, let me pause for a second. Addition to the story. You had sowed your first Apple Watch too. God always lets us know we'll never be without. And guess what? I gave that Apple Watch away. Now I have another Apple Watch. So it's crazy. The point is, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must, must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under uh, compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Listen to this. You know, for all the people that, that bash this, this prosperity gospel, this, you know, People are saying that if you give, you'll have a lot of, God will, God will bless you with a lot of money. Let me just read, read for a second. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, 
so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work as it is written. He, talking about a righteous man, he is distributed freely to the poor. He is, or is distributed freely, freely. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower, that's God, and bread for food, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. These preachers, you know, these preachers say that God's going to make you rich. Where in the Bible does it ever say God's going to make you rich? Where does Jesus, where does God ever say that you're going to be rich? 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 11. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. You will be enriched. Well, that's talking about in spiritual, in every way. Very clear. What is it that you, you don't just pray, God, bring in harvest. There's no harvest if there's no seed. There's no harvest if there's no seed. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Who, he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. God never gave any if, uh, if and or buts about it. When you give, not if you give, when you give. When you give, the Bible says, when you give more, you receive more. That's just how it works. So right now, let's pray again. I believe that, that um, God's stirring in the hearts of people, young people even. And it's relative to where you're at. I'm not saying give, if you don't have $1,000, don't give $1,000. You can't do it. But give where you're at. But make it a precious seed. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. And you know what's funny? For all the people who say, it's hard to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. You want to hear the Holy Spirit's voice very quickly? Ask him what you should give. <laughs> Very easy. <laughs> it's funny how that works, right? I can't, I don't know what he, where, what college he wants me to go to. But as soon as you ask him, that's just because people get convicted about money more than they do about other things. Father, in Jesus' name, show us an amount, a specific amount that you want to give, that you want us to give, that will break us into the next level. Father, I'm talking to young people that aren't satisfied with the status quo, that don't want to just get by, but that want to be a blessing to their generation. Right now, in Jesus' name, speak to us. A seed to sow, and we'll be faithful. See, this is always when you ask God to speak to him, or speak to us, we have to promise that we'll be faithful to do it. And we'll be faithful to give it. In Jesus' name, and we're, we're expecting, we're expecting a supernatural harvest to come out of it in Jesus' mighty name. Here are the ways to give. I know I've had it up for a long time, just for you guys to understand. The easiest way I believe, you know, we, all, we have Cash App, Venmo, PayPal. Here, here's the testimony I'm about to read, but Venmo, PayPal, Cash App. Um, I know the youngsters like Cash App. I like Cash App, that's how I give. But the easiest way, if you don't have any of that, is miracleword.com, miracleword.com, and click Give Now. That's the easiest way. Do what the Lord's telling you to do. God never puts his finger on a seed that uh, is not intended for your breakthrough. God told me to sow $300. Why? Because he wanted to give me $900. If I would have, listen to me, if I would have sown $299, that is disobedience to God. Disobedience. Do exactly what he tells you to do. When, if Jesus told the disciples to cast their net 
on the other side of their boat, and they threw out fishing poles, that's disobedience. Do exactly what he tells you to do. And I believe financial testimonies are coming from this powerfully in Jesus' name. We've heard testimonies of partners and everything. To this day, we have never been, you know what, Erica, you, I, I never got to tell you, you and Charlie, that testimony that you gave at Crossroads was powerful. I, I was in my parents' house jumping around and, and yelling and shouting. To this day, we have never been without formula from being blessed by other families giving boxes upon boxes of formula for him. We have never asked or told anyone we, just, we were ever in need. It always just showed up. That's right. And that, that amazing financial testimony. Oh, yeah, here's the beginning part. Blaze ended up needing different formula. Suddenly, throughout the whole shortage, we gave all the, the formula we had away to other families. Look at that. Seed for free. Harvest. Look at that. Boxes upon boxes. And even, even in this time where it, people are, are predicting economic downfall, economic, uh, you know, the shortage of everything, that's another thing you need to laugh at. If God, listen to this, if God can supernaturally provide for you in a time uh, where there's no famine, you know, that's like already supernatural. Like, don't be an idiot. Just believe God if you're going to believe God. Don't, don't start putting levels to it. Well, he can provide for me in, in, you know, normal peace times and everything. But, you know, like when it gets to like inflation and everything. Well, you, you've seen the mortgage rates, right? It's not time to move to West Palm Beach. <laughs> Got it. I, I think that's funny. So what God told you to sow. And I, listen, I don't feel bad for taking offerings up from youth. This is where you need to prove it. If this is false, let it be false. <laughs> you know, why waste your entire life? This is the only area was finances where God said, test it, try it, and let me prove it to you. Try it. Let me prove it to you. God's saying, try it. Let me prove it to you. Malachi chapter 3. Powerful. If it's false, better, better know before you get all involved in it. But I've tested. I know it's true. I'm not saying this to brag or anything, but I'm just showing you by example that I, I, I also do this. I so, listen, I sow to this ministry, Miracle Word Ministries. And if God speaks to you about a big seed, give a big seed. There's a big harvest attached to it. I know me and a lot of other people in the new year, this is what we do as the Victory Tribe. We, we, we make a goal, as, my, as uh, Evangelist Ted always, always preaches and teaches, we make a goal to sow the most accumulatively that we've ever sown, but also the largest one-time seed. I can look back on 2022 and say I've done both. I just sowed the largest seed I've ever sowed in my life. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited, as should you be. I'm excited. I'm not expecting economic downfall. I'm not expecting bad things. All is well. Thank you.